This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Other than the usual, like, working on holiday stuff, the, the biggest downer of, of working right now, currently, is that mm-hmm. I would be eating leftover lunch. Yeah. Like, the day after Thanksgiving sandwiches are just incredible. However you make them, we could debate about what should or should be on there, mayo or cranberry or stuffing or gravy or no gravy or whatever. However you want to do it, though. I like to add a little cheese in there, actually, that wasn't part of the Thanksgiving meal. It's not a bad deal. Um, however you get it done, the day after Thanksgiving leftover meal is so good. You know what I thought about doing with some of my leftover turkey this year? What's that? I make a pretty solid chicken pot pie. Okay. Just make a turkey pot pie. I want to make, and it's a little ambitious because I'm not, you know, as we established well in the last segment where I admitted I cannot and will not Fall victim to the spatchcock trend. It's okay. We're sous vide turkeys. No, we're not sous vide turkeys. I'm not going to sous vide any turkey. I'm frying it, and I'm cool if you want to roast it or put it in the oven, but we're not doing anything else. So we're not spatchcocking. Actually, somebody's going to hit me up and be like, well, actually, spatchcocking is older than, uh, whatever. Yeah, I don't care. Get out of here. People, it's people, it's cooking nerds, cooking elitists, Trying to separate themselves from the rest of us. Every time we catch up, they're trying to do something else. Mm-hmm. I learned how to fry a good turkey, and now they want to do something that I can't do. That's how it's going down. Um, we were we were talking something else about Thanksgiving meal, leftovers, lunch, sandwiches. Yes, I am trying to get ambitious. Okay, and I want to make like a turkey, either turkey noodle or turkey rice soup afterwards. Okay. And like in my in my head, this involves taking the carcass and like putting it in boiling chicken broth. But I don't even know. Like I have no idea what I'll be doing. But I just know at the I can picture what I want it to be at the end. And I feel like it it involves boiling the carcass in chicken broth. But but we'll but that may be an absolute terrible idea. We'll see how it starts. Uh, it is. A huge day of rivalries, huge weekend of rivalries, really, including several today that affect us here locally, nationally, and even internationally. There is but one way to break down some of these rivalries, and that is with minute takes. Uh, let's go from the bottom up on these, and we take 30 seconds each, right? We combine yeah, for a minute up. on these. Yeah, All right. Uh, who's going first on the first one, Dennis You Cox? take it, sir. Okay. Notre Dame, USC. Uh, I mean, I guess you got to pull for the ACC here. No, I got the one of the things that's holding Clemson back is their loss to Notre Dame seemed mm-hmm. to look bad, but Notre Dame, much like Florida State, is surging here late, so I think you want Florida State to continue to – do as well as possible. If they could put a beat down on Florida, that'd be great. And if Notre Dame could put a beat down on USC, that would definitely help Clemson twofold. Be a good win for Clemson, and it would bump USC uh, back out. So let's go Notre Dame. Let's go ACC. I'm with you on that 100%. Also, knocks USC out, which again, would help one loss Clemson. Yes. 
Just hope LSU also loses at some point because the committee seems to love that. I don't know why they love LSU. And what's his name? Uh, Lincoln Riley. I like him. He's got the former uh, ECU offensive coordinator. Yeah. But, like, I don't need to see him going to his college football playoff in his first year at USC. No, I don't okay? need to see that. You, you got to earn it a little bit. So, there we go. But, yeah, hashtag go ACC. Let's go. All right, Michigan-Ohio State. Loser leaves town match. That's basically what this is because both teams are in the top four right now. One's going to get knocked off. They're not going to go to their conference championship. And the way the committee loves LSU, and we got these other one-loss potential conference champions, potentially USC, potentially Clemson, loser leaves town match. Get out of here. Which, by the way, hope it's Jim Harbaugh because I think he stinks. I agree with you that I do want Michigan to be the loser, and I agree with you that it's a loser leave town match if Michigan loses. But I don't know. Ohio State, they're not quite Alabama, but they do have that uh, yeah. you know, national appeal, that big draw, and like that, like something like a half a million people graduate from uh, Ohio State every year. So like 15% of the American population yeah. is actually Ohio State graduates. That's true. So the committee loves them. They'll find a way for them to just have one loss, not play in their conference championship game, and then be like, well, I still think they're a really good team. Let's get Ohio State in the college football playoffs. So might as well go ahead and pull for Ohio State and knock Michigan out and try and get Clemson in there. Uh, next up, Panthers versus Broncos. This is a big matchup for me personally. That's all that matters because okay. I own both of these teams on defense. These are actually <laughs> two really good NFL defenses yeah. that have never been helped out by their offenses. Now, every now and then they can still have a great game on defense alone. They've been scoring touchdowns. I saw a stat. It was, it was almost similar to the – remember the Matt Rule stat where he was like – one in 30 in games where the other team scored more than 17 points or something like that. Yeah, they it was never won. It was something ridiculous where it was like, kudos that you had so many games where you held a team under 17, but it's the NFL. You got to score. Uh, that's similar to the Broncos. If they had scored 18 points in every game this year, they'd be like not undefeated, but like 9-2 and two or something like that. Instead, they can't score. Russell Wilson is a sh- kind of a shell of himself. Mm-hmm. I don't have a prediction for the game. I just know whoever I play on defense is going to be the wrong one. So I've got the Panthers in there now. Let's uh, bet on the Broncos. Sorry, did I take the whole minute myself? You, you did, actually. Sorry, and I had to take about my fantasy team. No, that's we, fine. It's late in the season, and I feel like this is true in a lot of fantasy leagues right now, Dennis Cox. Mm. There's a lot of parity in fantasy. Yeah. Like, nobody's going 10-1. and one. Nope. It's a lot of 7-4s and fours and 6-5s. and fives. So I'm, like, technically in first place, and I swear I'm going to, like, lose my final two games and not even make the playoffs. That's where we're at in fantasy. I know that wasn't part of minute takes, but I just had to share that. What do we got next? Oh, you're done? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you want to chime in on Panthers Broncos? No. Who not are anymore. They, you don't even not want, anymore. You don't want nope. to talk about I Sam no Darnold at quarterback? I have no more takes. All right, Gosh, all right. we're at that point in the season. That's yeah, all right. Man. It could be two-minute takes if we need to. On the Friday after Thanksgiving, if we need an extra minute, you can talk about uh, Panthers Broncos that, for an extra that minute. That also might be a loser lease town match. <laughs> But in, 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 like the losers, well, we already fired our coach. Who in what other way? Daniel Hackett. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He might get fired exactly. too. Exactly. All right, big one this afternoon. <laughs> USA England, baby, yep. let's go. Look, US has actually only beaten a, a European team once in the world, or sorry, twice in the World Cup. Okay. Two thousand two against Portugal. Okay. 
1950 against that, England. I remember that Portugal one. That was sick. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. That was pretty fantastic. And then, yeah, 1950 against England, which means history is on our side. History's in our favor, Hayes Permar. We're taking down England. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And maybe I get too caught up in the moment, but there's I got so I got a vibe about this game. For some reason, mm-hmm. I feel like the US national team is now they're probably gonna lose four nothing or four yeah. one. But I just got vibes about this game for some reason. Mm-hmm. Don't count out the US. Obviously, even a draw here would be a great result. So like maybe I could just hedge my good vibe feeling and just say, let me predict a draw. Let's say, let's say two two. An exciting okay. draw. All right, two. Let's two. say, like we may, I can see us like getting up, getting down one nothing, taking the lead two one, and then like giving up a stupid penalty late and having it tied two two. See, I was hoping for the more dramatic in like the third minute of stoppage time, like ninety plus three, getting that game tying goal. We get the game tire. That That'd would be, be sick. Awesome. But uh, but no, I, I feel like game, a tie game would be great. But yes, it, it, I feel like I feel like we get ahead two one. Ends up being a tie 2-2. That's my prediction. All right. Uh, next up, we got Canes Bruins. I predict that nobody scores in the first 20 seconds of this game because I'm watching it right now. <laughs> they, uh, yes, we are underway. Uh, like, like I said, we've got to start seeing goals from people not named Svechnikov, Natius, and Ajo. Although there's part of me that says, I've been saying this year the only thing that matters is postseason results, right? Yeah. And maybe it's, it's time to establish that Hey, we need three like heavy hitters in the postseason, and that matters more than balanced scoring, right? Mm-hmm. That's when the refs start giving you calls because it's like, well, you can't do that to one of their. You're just trying to mess with, you know, one of their best goal scorers, right? And we need those guys to be seen as seen as dangerous. So I don't know. As much as I call for balanced scoring, I kind of like having three dudes who are just pouring it in at all times. I feel like come playoff time. That becomes actually an advantage, whereas regular season, as the Canes have been doing the past few years, it's more of a spread out the scoring game. Well, I only have a second left. Well, so, hey, get get your takes <laughs> in, man. Okay, well, my, faster takes. And once again, well, yes, I need faster takes. Is Boston any good this year? Oh, darn, yeah, they're they are. seventeen and three. Yeah, they're, they're actually really, really good. Uh, my only thing is, it's I, I'm actually okay that the Canes are struggling now, because last year they started off hot and then they struggled as the season went along. Yep. I'd much rather have the inverse. Play hot come the end of the year. Maybe um, Rod Brendamore intentionally sandbagging. He's like, we've done the thing where we we play great, you know, before the the turn of the year. Mm-hmm. Now let's do the thing where we give ourselves room to grow, so it feels like we're uh, we're growing up to it. All right, and finally, a minute take on UNC NC State. I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. It's definitely an anything could happen. The, the stakes are low. It is just bragging right stakes. The one thing that I'm going to go to the most obvious thing to take. Drake May versus Ben Finley. Big advantage UNC. Let's take the heels in this one. Cox? My gut tells me on this one. Do we? Hold on. No, no. Do we? No. No, we they waved it off. Come on. We do not. We do. We have a puck in a net. But we do not have an actual goal. Okay. It seems like play was called off. My, my take on this one, NC State versus UNC, this is Dave Dorn's last game at NC State. What? Yeah. I think that he is going what? to move on somewhere else. I think he's going to move hot on take. somewhere else after this one. Extremely hot take. I think he's going somewhere else, and he won't coach in the bowl game because he's going to get hired somewhere. So my prediction is this is his last oh game. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe they stopped this. Goal disallowed by the Canes. It's a bad call. 
I don't really know the rules, but I just know it was a bad call. The, the puck was floating there. It was not held by the goalie, and they blew it dead. And Jesper Faust came and poked it in. It's going to be that type of night. We will ask our good friend Luke DeCock to step away from the Canes game for a little bit to join us to talk a little bit of Canes, a little bit of football, a little bit of hoops. We'll do it all with News and Observer columnist Luke DeCock next. Hey, it's Adam Golden. I'm in studio with my friend, Coach Pete DeRuta with the Capital Financial Advisory Group. Is it ever too soon to seek out you and your expertise? Really, there's no too soon. It's time to get serious. So if you're 50 or over, we call it the financial red zone. And that's when really it's time for you to take control of your money and, and make sure you have a firm on your side that's a fiduciary planning firm, which means they take your side at all times. Now, we'll do this for the next 10 of you who call. This is a $1,000 value, but I'm going to waive my planning fee to make sure you get your total retirement plan and you get on the right path for retirement. Call 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Can't complain that it's too early anymore. It's post-Thanksgiving. It's officially Christmas season. Throw them trees up. Throw them decorations up. And turn the music on. We'll ask Luke DeCock where he stands on starting his Christmas season. And we'll ask him how he's handling the sports viewing day. As a columnist for the News and Observer, he's a multiple-time winner for North Carolina Sports Writer of the Year. Probably some AP awards that uh, would be too numerous to list. But, yeah, let's start right there. How we've got locally UNCNC State. That could be your uh, main column. We've got the National Hockey League with the local team playing today and kind of slumping the Canes in Boston. That game's playing right now. And then we've got the international story, the U.S. at the World Cup, going off at 2 o'clock. How is columnist Luke DeCock handling today's viewing day? I've got to commit myself to one thing, and it's the Black Friday UNC NC State football game, which isn't quite the stakes maybe that – I mean, I, I said in August that this, this game would be a preview of the ACC championship game. I really honestly thought both teams would win their divisions. But I, uh, I got to stick with that. I'm going to head over to Chapel Hill, uh, be, be physically present for that one and write about that. I, I honestly think the more important question is the – the too early for Christmas, and I, I think I think you and I are on the same page here. Anything uh, before Thanksgiving to me is a infamnia. After that, you're good to go. All right. So, you, do you throw up the tree this weekend too? After the uh, sports are done? No, I, the tree can wait a little bit, uh, probably a little later on the tree side. But I'm not gonna not gonna cast uh, uh, any side eye at sure. you know, someone who's hauling the tree around. Whereas I saw somebody like ten days ago with the tree on the roof. I was like, are you gonna get two trees? Like, is this the first of two trees? Because I can't keep a tree alive that long. <laughs> yeah, no, very true there. All right, another important question. Have you ever spatchcocked a turkey? Have not, but I will say this. I respect it, and we are a turkey breast-only family. Okay. So I don't know if that counts as sort of modified spatchcocking. I mean, we are taking a specific part of the bird and flattening that out, but uh, – uh, no, never actually, never done a turducken, never spatchcocked a turkey. See, I think the spatchcockers are coming on strong now because they're trying, it's like the, the smoking meat people who are trying to separate their elite culinary skills above my, like I learned how to fry a turkey and now they're trying to run away and make something, uh, you know, better and more complicated that I can't do. That's, that, that's what I don't like about it. I felt like this yeah, was the, I'm with you. the year of the spatchcock. Uh, all right. You may not be watching all the games, but what, that doesn't mean we're not going to ask you about all the games as the Carolina Hurricanes break the power play drought. 
in real time, the uh, the Canes are on the on the board. I don't even know who scored the goal, Luke DeCock. Uh But my question for you is: are, are is there any concern for you at the Canes right now, uh, or are we? Are, is it anything right now? Looking too much at the trees instead of the forest of the whole season, and more importantly, the postseason. There isn't for me. I understand why people find this team hard to watch right now. I understand why people would be concerned, but I do think, uh, as I wrote the other day, uh, you know, after a really dismal loss to the Coyotes, uh, this is this is a hundred game season for this team, hundred games plus. Uh, it's very difficult to bring your best for all hundred games, and and you know who loses on a Monday night in Winnipeg? Good teams. I mean, that's how the Hurricanes for years got most of their wins was was catching good teams on bad nights and catching bad teams. Uh, you know, they, they, they weren't equipped for a long time to say to go toe-to-toe with the Bruins when the Bruins were at their best, which they are now. So I, some of this, you know, it is inevitable, a little bit of pacing. Um, obviously, nobody will admit to that. It's not even conscious probably, but it's a very long season. It's only November. Um, good teams find a way to manage their workload. And, and look, nobody wants to lose 4 nothing to the Coyotes. I mean, that's <laughs> ridiculous. But the way they played in the first period, they should have had two or three goals, and then it's a completely different story. So as long as the style of play remains consistent, which they got away from their game the other night in the second and third periods after, you know, out of frustration, because there is a lot of frustration right now. I mean, this is a team that scored 18 goals in nine games. Seven of those came in one game. Another three came in the final five minutes of a game with the goalie on the bench. So it's not a team that's particularly efficient offensively right now. But they do continue to pile up chances, and they do continue to create chances. Uh, and the shooting, their shooting percentage right now is almost uh, impossibly low. I mean, this is not a team that has the talent to be the worst shooting team in the league. So some of that's going to regress to the mean eventually. I'm not worried. I get why people are. I think whenever Tebo Teravainen comes back, the power play will get better. Um, obviously, they've got one. The, the, the drought is over. Uh, and, and these things are not fun to watch. I mean, I would not have been happy to be at the game Wednesday night and see that second and third period. But the first period, they did everything but score. So, no, I'm not concerned. I think this team's going to be fine. You know, if there's areas of concern, it is the power play. It's the goaltending's been a little erratic at times. I was ready to cut Brent Burns a lot of slack in October because it's much harder to adjust to a new team and a new system than fans and media and even even people in the game think about sometimes. But I do think he's got to he's got to get his game stepped up a little bit here. He's better than what he's shown lately. Um, points aside, I mean the, the the turnover against the Coyotes was was. Uh, grade school stuff so he's better than that he can get there but those are the little things that concern me I, I don't have any big concerns uh, I like the the phrase you used uh, there's probably some pacing even if they're not conscious of it because like yeah nobody's ever going to say well we, we you know, we're not going to go as hard as we might uh, you know for certain games but like yeah no I I, uh, I think that describes it well I also appreciate you not calling me out uh, and why I could probably never be a play-by-play man not that quick on my feet yes I went with They've broken the drought there. That's the phrase I used to describe it as they scored a goal. So I appreciate you not calling me out for that. Uh, you are on your way for uh, UNC, NC State. Uh, NC State had the disappointing season based on the preseason expectations. Uh, UNC will have the returning quarterback with a lot of hype. Is it UNC's turn next year to be the preseason top 10 team that then falls short of expectations? I mean, it seems like it's a rotating, uh, rotating operation around here. It's, it's crazy. I mean, basically, 
UNC is having a season NC State thought they would have this year, and NC State last year had the season UNC thought they would have last year. Um, I think what it says is, and this is true for everybody, not just North Carolina and NC State, it's true a little bit for the Hurricanes in 2019 and 2020 and 2021. You never really know when it's your moment until it's too late. Yep. You can't say, hey, next year's our time or, you know, the next two years are our window. Because, you know, realistically last year, even with the losses at the skill positions, North Carolina said, look, we've got Sam Howell. Our defense has to be better. It wasn't. Our offensive line has to be better. It wasn't. Uh, you, you have to take advantage of opportunities when they present themselves. And that's why the Georgia Tech loss, I think, was such a killer for North Carolina yeah. because the chances of the Tar Heels getting into the CFP were slim. But they existed. Yeah. They were extant. Uh, and to lose to a team that fired its coach a month into the season uh, is just a, a, a dismal way to go about it. And, look, you know, we don't know that the Tar Heels are going to be this good next year. I, I really believe that as good as Drake May has been, and this takes nothing away from him, there's an argument to be made that Josh Downs is the best player in the ACC, and he's going to be gone next year. And who knows? You can't separate Drake May's performance from Josh Downs' performance. Uh, they've both been outstanding. But it is going to be more difficult for Drake May next year without the safety net that is the best receiver in the league. And I'll put Josh Downs ahead of Zay Flowers. Roddy Jones and I got in a disagreement about this. I will put Josh Downs number one uh, as, as much as I respect and appreciate Zay Flowers. To me, Josh Downs is arguably the best player in the ACC. So uh, Drake May is going to win all the awards. That's fine. He deserves them. Take nothing away from him. Uh, it's just very difficult to separate how good Josh Downs is from how good Drake May is because their their success is so uh, you know interlinked. Uh, there's been some discussion about Dave Doran, uh, possible uh, candidate for other jobs. I, I think anybody who's saying fire Dave Doran is uh, being a little bit of a loony fan, but there is just yeah. a question of, you know, is it, uh, has it been a, a good run and, and, and both sides should look for something different. Um, I'll just ask you, how do you evaluate the, the decade of Dave Doran football at NC state? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the people who think they're going to go out and fire Dave Doran and find a better coach are, 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 are not living on this, uh, on this earth. But that said, I do think, and this has come up a couple times in other conversations, and Andrew Carter and I did more or less a whole podcast about it, I do think we're in a modified Herb situation with Dave Doran where you've had some success, uh, you've rebuilt the program from a dark time, um, not as dark for Dave as, as it was for Herb when he took over, but still, uh, you've never been able to get quite over the top. Um, and last year and this year certainly are kind of like Doran's versions of Herb's ACC tournaments. Um, and you've got an unquestionably good coach who's been around for a while, and maybe it's just time for a change on both sides. So I think firing Dave Doran would be ludicrous, but I do think if Dave Doran has the opportunity to go elsewhere, whether that's Nebraska or, or Iowa State or somewhere like that that might throw money at him, I think there's a chance that you know he will take it and NC State won't fight it. Um, not that anybody's unhappy, not that anybody's uh, disappointed, but sometimes, you know, a change of scenery is going to be good. And you have to factor in that NC State's not likely, can't talk about these things in absolutes, but it's not likely to be very good next year when you look at the absolute truckload of talent that's going to walk out the door after the season. 30-something seniors, guys who were just uh, generational leaders like Grant Gibson and Zay Moore and yep. um, Peyton Wilson, Drake Thomas. I mean, these are guys who – were among the best uh, character-wise at their positions in NC State history. That's not easy to replace. So, yes, 
if there is a time for an amicable parting of the ways, this is it. That said, if Dave Dorn stays at NC State, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. This is a guy who's proven he can win eight or nine games. There's going to be a little bit of rebuilding, but there's no reason why with the program that he's built, he can't win an ACC title at some point. You don't look at that and say, well, they're, they're never going to win one. They've had chances. They'll have chances again. So, you know, this isn't a situation where there's an absolute uh, need for it, but it, it does start to feel a little bit like that that herb dynamic where there's a little restlessness. And, and look, I don't know that I would have made that argument before the Boston College game, but that Boston College game really soured a lot of people, and I think it sort of opened that for debate. It probably also, you know, that, that same vibe can – something that can be uh, – the last two games matter for Dave Dorn, uh, uh, I think. Like, you beat, you beat UNC and you beat a uh, respected team in a bowl game, and all of a sudden you're like, well, we didn't seize our opportunity, but – um, this was not a terrible season, right? Um, but but yeah, if, yeah. But if you go out and lose this game and lose a bowl game against you know uh, an opponent that doesn't even look that great, then the 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 taste in your mouth is like I said shifts a little bit, like it did after the Boston College loss. Uh, and finally, we hit you with hockey. We hit you with college football. We got all kinds of college basketball. Uh, three triangle teams played yesterday. They play again today. There seems to be, be a trend repeating from last year, where whether it's uh, um, reliant on uh, incoming players for either f- freshmen or transfer players seem to set up a scenario where the ACC takes a little time to settle into who they are. Last year, it turns out they were playing pretty good ball at the end of the year. This year, the, the records are still fine for UNC and Duke um, and even C- NC State. You put them in there, but um, not not the performances that they hope to be seeing at least later in the season. Uh, is this a actual problem or is this just something that we happen to have seen two years in a row where they need to figure out a way to not get stuck in a certain place in the polls and the metrics that then you go into conference season, just playing other teams with not great poll numbers and not great metrics. And then coming out of it with bad NCAA tournament seeds. Is this something the league needs to look at or is this just a thing that's happened recently? See, I don't even see it as happening again. I mean, people look at some of the games that teams like Florida State and Louisville and Boston College have lost. They're like, oh, God, it's happening all over again. But the teams that were losing those games last year were like, you know, Virginia, um, Notre Dame, uh, you know, Miami. Now, this year, Florida State's been unexpectedly bad for, for reasons that are relatively apparent. Um, you know, the, the Boston College hasn't been as good as people expected them to be, uh, which was still not great, but there was some hope that that program could turn a corner. Louisville is on pace to be the worst team in ACC history, good maybe gosh. worse than the Dennis Clifford going out to eat uh, team that didn't win an <laughs> ACC game. Um, but, the, but the bad losses are, by and large, concentrated in the bottom three or four teams in the conference, and that's fine. That's not what happened last year. If Duke and Carolina continue to win, win ugly, whatever, they're going to be fine. Virginia Tech's only loss is to Charleston, which gave UNC everything it could handle. That's fine. NC State lost to, uh, to Kansas. That's fine. Like, these things are, are – those are losses that are not going to hurt you in March. What, what hurts you would be NC State losing to Campbell. It would be Virginia Tech losing to James Madison. Um, you know, those were the kind of losses that were happening last year. There's a lot of ACC teams that have not looked impressive but they've piled up W's, whether it's Notre Dame or Miami or whoever. The losses have been to power conference teams. They've been to good mid-majors. They haven't been those terrible um, wash-out-your-eyes losses, even if the wins haven't been pretty. In the end, the Nets going to worry about the games you won and lost. Those are going to be what 
kill you in the quadrants. And what killed the ACC last year was a lot of bad losses. Now, here's the nightmare scenario. Florida State opens the season 2-8, and eight, whatever, gets Boba Miller back from this ridiculous NCAA suspension, gets some players back from injury, gets hot, goes 14-6 and six in the ACC, yes. and single-handedly yes. kills two bids That's in the de- That's definitely Florida going State. to happen. That is absolutely yeah. going to happen. Because, like, no. Leonard Hamilton does not stink as a coach, and he usually has him playing pretty good, especially against, like, top ACC teams. He's going to, like, go 2-3 and three against Duke State and UVA and then, like, beat bad teams, and they're, they're going to be a good ACC team, and people are going to be like, oh, he's terrible. That's ex- the scenario you described was the exact one I was seeing in my head when I asked this question. Well, I'm so mad. Jim, Jim Phillips is going to have to pull Leonard aside at some point and tell him <laughs> to tank for the good of the league because the reality is the ACC has six or seven good NCAA tournament-worthy teams, and another two or three that can play their way into that conversation. Look, Virginia's really good this year. Virginia Tech is good. Miami's good. Duke and Carolina are going to be fine. I think NC State's a tournament team. I think Notre Dame's a tournament team. So that's seven right there, I think. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm forgetting someone. And there's no reason why Clemson can't play its way into that conversation. So as long as you don't lose to Pitt and Louisville and BC and Florida State, as the rest of the league just beats up on each other and doesn't lose any bad non-conference games, the ACC is going to be fine. That's not what happened last year. Last year, everybody was losing bad games at this time of year, and it killed everyone. Now it's really just Florida State lurking out there as the kryptonite. Uh, I got like 15 seconds. You give the USA a chance at all? Any yeah, chance? absolutely. Woo! 50 all over again. That's all I wanted to hear. Uh, Lou DeCock, enjoy NC State, UNC. I have no idea what to expect. Give me the team with the better quarterback. I'll take the heels. We'll read what you write about it after the game. Appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend, my man. You too, Hayes. We are 90-ish minutes into the show. We got just under 90 minutes to go. It's halftime. Uh, let me update you on the score of the Carolina Hurricanes. Still up one nothing over the Boston Bruins. Who had the goal for us there, Dennis Cox? Stefan Nason on the power play from Aho and Svech. Look at that. You know you know if the points are involved, Aho and Svech are also going to be involved. Even if we've we got no-name guys scoring. By the way, it was Brent Burns who kept the puck in at the blue line, like full extension, keep like keeping the puck in. And it barely full stayed extension. in. It barely stayed I saw in. That. That was well done. Okay, so that this worked out perfectly. Iowa's fetch still adding to their monster point totals so that they go into the postseason scene as, like, guys that the refs have to watch out for and yep. guys that will be feared. Mm-hmm. But also we get the goal from somebody new, and that's what we need, some more scoring for the other people. So all around good start for the Canes. And it was on the power play. It was, and they're about to go back on the power play. Boom. Let's go. Don't worry. If you hear the goal sounder, it means they've scored here in the next few minutes. All right, what else is happening at halftime? All right, your man Billy D. Williams. Lando Calrissian himself is coming to Raleigh in July for GalaxyCon. Hayes Permar, now you have to go. He's a gambler, card player, scoundrel. You would like him. Mm -hmm. How much is it going to cost me to get a one-on-one private moment with Billy D. Williams? I don't know, but I'll find out for you. Ballpark it for me like for I, him like you don't have to tell me what you have paid but like are these things that are like 200 or 500 or no, like 2,000 or if you want to get like a photo with him it's gonna be a thousand bucks no 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 I'll probably be like 50 bucks really yeah oh I'm doing that well then like your ticket to get in as well depending on okay, what okay, that okay. is there so, so I mean, it's gonna add up but you I, might but, spend a hundred bucks but it's gonna be yeah but for a couple hundred bucks I can get a picture with oh, Lando less than that well all right what, what I have to pay for him to like go to dinner with me can we go to Clouds Brewing and, and uh, yes. pretend Cloud it's Cloud City? City? Yes. I, I've ever told you this, Dennis yes, Cox. I this, do. this is also a great uh, 
a great American, especially if you're an American, you know, my age or or younger, probably or a little bit older than me. If you're 50 or younger, my Twitter avatar. This is why you specifically bring this up mm-hmm. to me. Is Lando Calrissian? He's my all-time favorite Star Wars character. Um, one time, I was the land director at a summer camp. Okay, and so I went by the nickname Lando because I did land, and so I wore a Lando T-shirt and you know, all the stuff. So I'm a big Lando fan, right? But my avatar on Twitter is Lando Calrissian, and one way I've been able to almost without fail distinguish between a person that I don't know if they are a black person or a white person, it depends on how they've referenced my avatar. Okay. White people say, oh, it's Lando Calrissian. And black people say, oh, that's Billy D. Williams. That has been true almost exclusively throughout. Like, black people will be like, I love your uh, avatar, Billy D. Williams. And white people will be like, I love your avatar, it's Lando Calrissian. So that is a two Americas moment, as Bamani Jones, my good friend, would say. Yeah, I guess I got to go in and pay for uh, to, to see Lando. When does this happen? It's July. I think it's last weekend in July. So I think you're looking at the 27th, somewhere around that time. He was also ooh, that's usually when I'm at the beach. That's no good. He was also the mayor of Gotham, right? Yeah, uh, in the Batman with Michael Keaton. He may have been. I believe he was. Yeah, uh, or, or he wasn't Commissioner Gordon. No, he I think wasn't he was the mayor Gordon. though. I think he was the mayor. So July 27th, which is a Thursday, through July 30th, which is a Sunday, is GalaxyCon. All right. You have to find a day. Do you know anybody else? Uh, anybody else that's. Um, oh, 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 oh! On the power play, baby! Who has, who's got power play problems? Who? Who has power play Who? problems? Not us. Not this team. Nope. Not this team. No power play problems here. The $6 million man. Kokinyemi, I believe it is, right? Kokinyemi? Yes, Barry Kokinyemi? Yeah. Our man KK snuck it in there. Yes, that's another goal. Carolina Hurricanes up 2 nothing. Is this a sign? The Power rival- play goals, baby. Let's go. Rivalry week. I mean, rivalry day is going to go well for us. Can the USA follow on the heels of this great start for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes? Another power play goal. Who has power play problems? Not us. Not us. Couldn't be us. Uh, so, yeah, along with uh, Billy D. Williams, who's actually going to be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. He's already been announced. Jaleel White. That's right. Steve Urkel himself is also going to be there. Um, I was listening to a podcast uh, with Bamani Jones and Dominique Foxworth. Okay. And they were talking about how the the uh, the origins, the roots of Family Matters Love was show. a show based off of uh, – uh, the the mom Mama Winslow mm-hmm. she was the elevator operator in the newspaper that the guy worked at in Perfect Strangers right okay. so it was a spinoff of per- Perfect Strangers I didn't realize and that yes yeah, so they were a blue collar Chicago family mm-hmm. and that that it was going to be about them and I don't remember what episode it was that the nerd from next door Steve Urkel showed up mm-hmm. but as soon as he did. And and whatever it was, the the ratings or the feedback or whatever it was, was like, we want more of that guy. All of a sudden, everybody else became second tier. Like, Carl Winslow thought he was going to be like, you know, like Dr. Uh, Huxtable from the Cosby. He thought he was going to be holding down. Mama Winslow thought she was going to be a main character. Everybody became minor characters to Steve Urkel after he hit the scene. It was hilarious to hear Bamani and uh, 
Dominic talk about that. All right, so we got Urkel there, Billy D. Williams, William Shatner. I feel like and he's, he's always there. Yeah, he is. Uh Will Friedel from Boys uh Boy Meets World. Oh yeah. Corey Matthews' older brother. Yes. Eric. Yes. Eric Matthews is gonna be there. Well now I'm now I'm definitely going to get if if we've got Lando and Eric, yeah. I'm definitely in. All right, well done. Uh next up on Halftime Entertainment. Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is out right now on Disney Plus. Everybody's trying it's to get 45 paid. Forty-five minutes on, of fantasticness. Have you watched it? Is it oh, of good? course I did. I is watched it like it legit good or is it it's, like it's legit fun, cheesy, like Christmassy good? It's a, it's both. The yes. crazy thing is, it is all in leaning on Christmas. Star Wars had that uh, Christmas uh, special back in the day, the first appearance of Boba Fett. That was uh, so bad they like buried it. Yeah, but then it became like cult classic, and then everybody wanted to see it. And now, like, can you even stream it now? I don't know, idea. I can't remember. And th- didn't st- didn't Star Wars also try and do another Christmas? Everybody makes a Christmas special now. Everybody's just trying to get that money, get that coin. What's it? It, it was it was straight to Disney Plus. Did they have everybody? All, were all of the Guardians of the Galaxy there? They were. Well, like half of them are like animated, so you don't even need them to show. I guess you need the voices of the Two raccoon. Of yeah. The Groot. What? Those other Groot. people are actors. Oh, the the big guy that's like a real person. Drax. Yeah. Nah, that's, that's, that's Batista. That's a cartoon. The former wrestler. That's a cartoon. It's the one white guy. Everybody else is a cartoon. Okay, that's fair. They're all cartoons. I'm not watching that. Sorry. Okay. Maybe well, that's, I, just, that's... I did watch uh, Spirited with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. I haven't Ferrell. watched that yet. Was that fun? It's decent, but it's a musical. Okay. And like, I, I would have rather them done uh, same thing. Everybody's just trying to get paid. They're like, well, if we do a movie and a musical. Then maybe one of our songs will catch on. It'll be a music hit for years, and we can get royalties off that, right? But it's yeah. like, no, you have Will Ferrell, and you got Ryan Reynolds. Maybe you put one comedic song in there just for fun in the mm-hmm. middle of the movie, like like Will Ferrell's done in other movies, you know. But don't try and make it a whole musical. I, it did not hold up as a musical. I was I was excited and let down. Maybe Guardians of the Galaxy would be the opposite, where I would be not excited and it would uh surprise me so that is the halftime entertainment on the other side i placed one big turkey day parlay yesterday i'll tell you how it did and i got another one for you to play today it's next are you ready for the big game at the designery we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game i'm dana merrill the owner of the designery in north raleigh and i am true merrill I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. See Adam Goldshow. They're trying to cheat us up in Boston. We're too good. We're getting too good on the power play. Now they're trying to take power plays away from us. I think we're gonna have some four on four. Also, we got a great third hour of the show planned from two to three. But just as a note, I'm gonna be watching two games at the same time I'm doing radio. So just yep. deal with it, okay? It's gonna happen. It's holiday radio. You're not on your normal commute either. You're not participating. You're not calling in at the normal rate. You're not tweeting at the show. You're not participating in the same way you would. So you don't expect a 100% performance from me, okay? I'm doing the best that I can, bringing some good Christmas tunes. But I'm watching the Canes, and I'm watching Team USA. I hope those are just warm-up shirts. 
these splotchy, I don't know what they are. Are those that our actual shirts? Are those our jerseys? I don't know. I have a cane. We, I only have I have one less TV than you do, Hayes. Oh wow. That's your loss there. Yeah. Canes look like they are going to take well, let's Another not be penalty. premature. <laughs> Canes look like they're gonna take a two nothing lead into the first intermission. Team USA preparing to start against England. That game about 12 minutes away. Yesterday, I went for the hard strings, okay? I don't like to place my bets too much around here because I don't like to use other people's fake money. And some days I'm not here the following day to, like, come clean on my bets, right? But since I was in here Wednesday and I was going to be back on Friday, I said, I'm going to place some Thanksgiving Day bets. And I gave people one parlay. I said, here's what you got to do, people. It's Thanksgiving, and the Lions are playing, and you have to take them. So we had the Lions plus nine and a half, and guess what? They got the job done. Even when I thought it was going to overtime, you was like, you know what? Unless you try really, 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 really hard to stink it up, you can't lose by nine and a half in overtime. So I was feeling good about that one. They ended up losing by three. Lions covered. Then, and here's, you have to trust me on this one. When I checked the line on Wednesday for Dallas, New York, it was seven and a half. Okay. Apparently, by the time it kicked, it was like 10 points. Okay. Okay. But when I took it, when I put it as part of my parlay, I took the Cowboys minus seven and a half. They won by eight. They covered. So I was two legs in. Now, all I needed was for Bill Belichick to beat Kirk Cousins in game three. And, in fact, the Vikings were getting three and a half points. And, of course, that didn't turn out. If I could have gotten back on the air, I would have hedged the bet and taken the Vikings for a small amount and at least you know made sure I won something. But it said that that didn't happen. I did also want to point out, I've shared this before, but I feel like with the World Cup going on, it's a good time to point out this bet. I mentioned the overtime game between Dallas, uh, excuse me, Detroit and Buffalo. And how it wouldn't have been affected, it wouldn't have affected the line because the the spread was so big. It was a nine and a half point game. One thing that soccer absolutely gets right: betting is done on regulation. Mm-hmm. How frustrated would you be, let's say, if you're the New England Patriots and you're getting three and a half points yesterday, and the game goes into overtime? Well, you've bet that the underdog is going to keep the game close, right? That's what you've done when you're taking a point spread in almost any NFL game. Very rarely do you get over touchdown favorites. I guess it happens more often, you know, when a very good team plays a very bad team or whatever. But usually you're talking about one, two, three, four, five point spreads in the NFL. So if you take the underdog and the points and it's tied at the end of regulation, it feels like you should win the bet. Instead, you go to overtime, you can end up losing by six points, a touchdown or whatever, and you are the underdog by four points. You don't win your bet. In soccer, not how it works. Now, obviously, that makes sense because right now in these uh, knockout round games, mm-hmm. I mean, in the, the group, stage. Round, group stage, excuse me, they uh, they don't play overtime. So, like, you've got to if, – if, uh, if you bet the U.S. today and they're getting a goal and they – tie England, will you win your bet? Because the U.S. was the underdog and they were getting half a goal or a goal or whatever it might be. But that's not the case in football. I think all NBA, NHL, NFL, college football, all of it 
should be bet on the end of regulation. Whatever you want to do, even the over-under, I feel like, should be. It's a college football game. You can have a really low-scoring game, and all of a sudden they play four overtimes, and they put another 20 points up at the board. Where You bet it on being an under, and it was. All right, today I'm giving you another holiday parlay. Okay? I'm not going deep in. I'm not... Place your bets. Place your bets. I'm not taking any futures, not taking any props. We're going straight up with the heart. Yesterday, we bet on the Thanksgiving teams, the Lions and the Cowboys. And in fact, I should have left the night game out of it. I should have just gone with a parlay on the Thanksgiving teams. We would have gotten it. Today, we're going with the ACC teams in the triangle. All right. All three are favored. Now, this is not necessarily. For basketball, yeah. In, in hoops, yes. Three games of the holiday tournament. Two of them going out at the Phil Knight Classic. Duke favored by three and a half against Xavier. I like the Blue Devils. They're gonna they're gonna coast on that one. The one I'm actually most worried about. NC State minus four and a half against Iowa State, who's undefeated. I don't know if they've beaten. I haven't checked their Ken Palm score, but I do know that UNC has not looked very good this season. I'm not worried about UNC making the NCAA tournament. I'm not worried about them being pretty good when the NCAA tournament starts. I am very worried about UNC covering a a four-and-a-half-point spread against Iowa State. Seems like the type of game they'll let a team hang around or even be trailing by six with like three minutes to go, maybe squeak out the win and win by two and then ruin my holiday parlay. Okay. Yeah. And then finally... NC State, a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Butler. And much like yesterday, NC State probably has the most to gain. They come out of the Bahamas with a hard-fought, ultimately pretty close loss to Kansas and a win over Dayton and Butler. And again, I can't tell you at the end of the season how good Dayton and Butler are going to be, but I can tell you traditionally Dayton and Butler are two of the better mid-major programs and two teams that are often competing for NCAA tournament spots. So if NC State were able to get a win today, this would be a wildly successful holiday tournament, whereas UNC and Duke, lackluster starts in their first games against Portland and Oregon State. Portland and Oregon State only get invited to this thing because they're right there. It's like bring in all these big schools. Yeah. And, then like, and then here's Portland, Oregon State. There was another uh, local school. can't remember who it was. But, like, they're supposed to be just fodder for these, like, first games. And instead, Portland and Oregon State both gave Duke a pretty good challenge. So there's your day two, your Friday, Black Friday holiday parlay. Duke minus three and a half over Xavier. UNC minus four and a half over Iowa State. NC State minus two and a half over Butler. We're playing with the heart. We're not going to touch USA, UK. Oh, give me USA plus 650. Give me USA plus to 650 win? to win. On the money line. On the money line. Also, give me NC State over UNC on the money line, plus 205 this afternoon. All right. And Florida State minus 10, Clemson minus 14 and a half. Parlay that together, plus 265. I didn't even know you had bets. Yeah. We got some sound for you next. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? 
The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to jimallen.com and start your next move today. That's jimallen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate.